so my name is Lisa Yaboa, and I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. And I kind of wanted to share a little bit about uh, who I am because part of who I am and my story will help us to understand why I think it's so important for us to think about um, race as a gospel issue. Um, so my family members are originally from Ghana, West Africa. I was the first person in my family born on American soil in Nashville, Tennessee. My father's a United Methodist pastor, so for those of you who may be uh, United Methodist, you know that Methodist pastors sometimes move. And so we moved to South Carolina, to the low country of South Carolina. There's a particularity about being from the Charleston area, um, where my mom would literally walk through the streets of Charleston, and she would recognize in people's faces that they were from uh, the, uh, the same tribe that she was from, from West Africa. And you recognize that uh, because of the slave trade, you know, even in the 80s, 1980s, you could still see the marks of um, that uh, particular era of, um, of our nation's history marked on people's faces. Um, I grew up in, uh, again, a Methodist church with a great call and response uh, kind of uh, flow to their Methodism. Um, this, this beautiful kind of adaptation of of, of the way in which slaves would actually worship when they could not read, that someone would kind of offer up call to worships in a call and response manner. After I, uh, you know, graduated from high school and moved off to college, um, I went to a small university in Spartanburg, South Carolina, where I was one of uh, seven African American women in my freshman class, and so I used to call ourselves the little, the little rock seven uh, in my freshman year. And then I worked for my institution once I graduated, and then went off to Duke uh, University um, and got my MDiv. Now, the reason why I tell you all of that is because. All throughout my life, I have known what it's been to be culturally homeless. I am Ghanaian American, and yet I grew up with not very many Ghanaians around me. And so when I'm with my family members who are Ghanaian, I never feel like I'm Ghanaian enough. When I moved to Somerville, South Carolina, and even though I look like most of the people around me, because I talk a little differently, because my parents come from a very different cultural milieu, people would say, well, you just don't seem like the typical African-American who's from the low country of, the, of South Carolina, and I would feel culturally homeless. Then I go off to my college institution, um, a place that I love that formed and shaped me, and here I'm one of seven African-American women, and again, sometimes felt a little bit culturally homeless. Then I go off to Duke, and I'm formed theologically. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm formed to be able to speak the language of Zion to people in the church, and I recognize even in that place, um, I become I feel a little culturally homeless as uh, an African-American woman who oftentimes found myself doing my internships and my, uh, my early ministry within contexts that were predominantly um, Caucasian or Anglo-American. And now I sit in a congregation that is also predominantly Caucasian and, um, and I've just wrestled with what does it look like to be culturally homeless, especially in light of all of the recent events that have caused the church to stop and say we cannot pretend that race isn't an issue. And so I wanted to share why I believe that um, for the church especially, this is the season when we need to get extremely, extremely, extremely engaged in talking about race differently than the world is talking about race. One of the things that um, I recognize is that we believe that there are certain worship acts that we do that join us into the body of Christ. And that one is of baptism. 
I'm okay to be culturally homeless because I am not um, ecclesially homeless. I have been baptized in Christ in the same way that my Anglo brothers and sisters, my Latino brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters who from Laos or wherever they may be from, when they're also baptized into Christ, we form a new identity. And so when, um, when I hear people in the church say things like, well, we start talking about Michael Brown or Ferguson or what happened in Baltimore or the shootings in Charleston, that's just a political issue. We don't want to get that all mixed up in the life of our church. I remind folks, listen here people, when we were baptized, um, we said that our identity was no longer yoked to the way in which the world talks about who we are, you know, the way we otherize, but that um, it's a part of how we are shaped and formed in Christ Jesus. You know, um, from the very beginning, if you look in, in Genesis when Cain uh, kills his brother Abel, it's because Cain otherized his brother. He, you know, he saw his brother do something and it was a threat to him. Well, oftentimes I think in the, if you look at um, just the, the narrative of race in our culture, it has begun with us otherizing. You know, we celebrate, you know, Christopher Columbus Day. Um, Christopher Columbus otherized those that he met. And from the very beginning of kind of the colonial way of being, we have, uh, we've otherized. And I think in the church, we've almost become very familiar with otherizing, with otherizing people as well. And, um, and yet, you know, Jesus says this, that, or Paul says this in um, one of his epistles, that Christ has broken down the dividing line, that in Christ there's no longer Greek nor Jew, slave nor free, but we are all one in Christ Jesus. Um, friends, we, if we don't really engage in this conversation around uh, how it is that we otherize individuals, how we don't see each other rightly, uh, when we are not able to like really uh, listen to other people's stories, when African Americans say that they see race as an institutional issue um, and we don't want to stop and listen, um, we actually betray this, this beautiful passage of scripture that says that we are all kind of like find our identity in Christ Jesus, that Christ Jesus has broken down the dividing line. Um, the other thing is that, um, that friends, when we, when we find ourselves uh, not wanting to talk about uh, race, we, we also betray this uh, worshipful act of being people who know how to repent and confess. And um, there are times when we, we've hurt each other. You know, there are times when I've walked through the mall and because I've seen someone dress a particular way or talk in a particular way, I've thought certain things about them. That, that is not me just making an assessment, that's sin. When I don't see people rightly, when I cannot see in that person that they may not become the next poet laureate, even if they do have their pants sagging and they may speak in a particular way. And when we cannot call certain things sin, how we treat one another, how we think about one another, then we live in a very stuck place. But Christ has offered to us this beautiful worshipful act of confessing our sins before God so that we might also know the freedom that comes in being forgiven. So I just wanna challenge um, individuals within the church to learn what it is to maybe um, to sit with those who are other than you um, so that uh, when we feel a little bit like we can't understand why certain cultures think particular things or do certain things, that we would remember that Christ has become the dividing line for us, has, oh, excuse me, broken the dividing line, that we might really listen, um, that there is something we can learn from one another. And in learning from one another, we might find ourselves needing to say, God, forgive me that I've not lived into my baptismal waters, but instead I have taken on the identity of the world that says that because I look a certain way or because I have privilege or I don't have privilege that I am allowed or not allowed to, to do certain things. And so I just, I just wanna encourage the church, um, those of us who call ourselves Christians, to 
um, to press in. It's awkward to have conversations sometimes because we have to um, expose ourselves and make ourselves vulnerable when it comes to talking about race a lot of times when we've messed up, um, when we've not done right to our brother or sister. But um, in a confessional nature, when we repent our sins, then we're also freed up to live um, the fullness and the abundant life that Christ has called us into.